Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying the prophet Ezekiel, that's the Navi Yechezkel, chapter 33, that would be Perak Lamed Gimel. This chapter begins the third segment of the Sefer Yechezkel, the, the third and final one. This, this segment will last till the end of the Sefer, till the end of the book. The first two segments we have studied together. The first one was all of the chapters in which the Navi Yechezkel, in which the prophet discussed his prophecies of the destruction, of the coming destruction of Judah and Jerusalem and the temple. The second half, and, and those were, you know, we studied them together, they were uh, quite graphic, and he described the events that were going to occur. The second half, um, Portion were those chapters that we just completed, and that was where Yechezkel turned his attention to the other nations of the world, where he told all of the surrounding nations of Judah that, um, that their fate was going to be one of destruction as well, uh, and he discussed the what we could call the cycle of history, that even the big empires come and go and come and go, and... Um, that was how he ended the last section. In this section, these are called the Nevuos of Geula, of redemption. This is where Yechezkel now looks to the future and talks about what the ultimate Geula, what the ultimate redemption is going to be for the Jewish people and for the world in general. So we're going to study through some very familiar prophecies. But in the beginning of this chapter... He hasn't yet been informed of the destruction, although as a prophet he knew already what the dates were because God told him uh, on which days certain things were going to happen. But he hasn't yet officially been informed. The people, remember Yechezkel is currently in Babel. He's in Babylon as uh, trying to teach and lead the people that have already been exiled to Babylon. They have not yet heard that their brothers in Judah have fallen, they have not yet heard that the temple has fallen. At this point, God speaks to Yechezkel as follows, The word of God to me was as follows, Ben Adam, human being, I want you to speak to the people of your nation, and I want you to speak to them. Eretz, a land, any land. So God is kind of, Preparing them with this message. A land. When I bring upon this land sword. When I bring a sword against a land. When I bring an invading army. In other words, they know that an attacking army is on its way. So what do the people do? It's the people of the land. Um, typically. We'll take one man from among them. And they will place him as a lookout, as a watchman. So that, uh, you know, they're going to get their defenses ready. They can get their walls ready. They're going to get their their um, weapons ready for the fight. And they put up a watchman, a lookout, to see when the advancing armies are coming. And when he sees that sword, that in other words, the invading army, coming close to the land, he goes ahead and he blows on a shofar and by thus making the sound they probably have some kind of prearranged sound they hear the blow they now know the enemy is coming 
so the soldiers can take up their battle stations, the people can take shelter in their homes, they can lock the gates, etc. And then the listener, the one who listens and hears the sound of the shofar, and he's not careful and he doesn't heed the warning, he just says, ah, it's nothing. What's going to happen to him? The sword will come and take him away. In other words, the invading army will come and capture him. He did not take the responsibility. He did not take the action necessary to get away, to protect himself. It's his own fault. His own blood is on his own head. This is obvious. The... Um, why is it this is wrong responsibility? This is verse 5. It He heard the sound of the warning and he wasn't careful. Therefore, his blood is on him, his own responsibility. And he, because, in other words, because had he been careful, had he been nizhar nafsho, had he been careful with his own life, milate, he would have survived. So, what we're discussing now is a discussion of personal responsibility. It is fascinating that as the temple is being destroyed, as Jerusalem is being destroyed, as the people of Bavel are worried and the, the Jews that are exiled already to Bavel are, are worried about their brethren, are worried about what's going to happen. What God tells Yechezkel is he talks to him about personal responsibility. He tells him that there is a tzofa, there was a tzofa, there was someone who was appointed as a watchman. The warning came. The people did not heed their warning. But I'm telling you now, listen to this message. Heed the warning now. And what this warning is, what the people should do, is what Yechezkel is going to turn his attention to. The people have something that they can do to, to better themselves and make sure that destruction does not happen. And we're going to learn about that in a minute. So what we're learning about here is about several things. We're learning about the responsibility that we all have towards each other. In other words, I have responsibility to warn you, and then you have responsibility to heed that warning. We're learning about responsibility towards ourselves. And we're also learning about the responsibility of the leader, the responsibility of the tzofa, which in this case is the prophet, the navi, who warned the people and said that this is coming and you need to take protective measures to protect yourself. And the people did not listen. However, the tzofa has responsibilities too. And that's what we're going to learn about in verse 6. We have tzofa and the watchman. If he sees the invading army coming, and he does not blow the shofar, and therefore, as a result of him not blowing the warning, the nation is not being careful. And then the, so, the sword, you know, the invading army comes and, and, and kills people in the city. He will be taken, he will be held responsible for his sin. And God says, I will go after the watchman because the watchman did not do his job. And the, who is this watchman? God makes it very clear in verse 7. And you, human being, remember, Ben Adam is, is how Cheska himself is, has been addressed throughout the Sefer, throughout the book. I have made you 
you, the prophet, you are the watchman for the house of Israel. Now remember, Yechezkel is only talking, his, his only audience has been the people of Israel who are in Babylon. He did not have an audience, the people of Israel who were still in Judah before the destruction. But his, his responsibility, therefore, is to speak to and warn the people that are currently in exile, in Gaulus, in Babylon. And you can hear from me words, in other words, I tell you what to say. I tell you the prophecies. His heart to many, and you then need to warn them from me. The warnings that I give you, that I convey to you, it is your job to convey those warnings to them. Be amri la rasha, rasha most tamos. When I say to one who is a rasha, who is evil, you evil person, you are going to die. And we're going to learn in a minute what's the definition of a rasha. What is the evil that God is so worried, that's so concerned about? And if you, Yechezkel, do not tell him, do not warn him, to warn this evil person that he should change his evil ways, then he will still die because he is evil, he is bad. But I'm going to come to you, Yechezkel, and I'm going to keep bear you, make you bear the responsibility of his death because I told you to warn him. I told you to explain to him what he's doing wrong and how to fix it, and you didn't do it. That's your responsibility. What a huge responsibility. Verse 9, Vyatoki is hard to rush up, but however, if you do, if you do convey my message to him and you warn this man person, you explain to him how he should repent, how he should change his bad ways, but he on his own decides not to listen and he doesn't change his ways, then he will die from his own sins. And you have saved yourself by discharging your own responsibility, which was to warn him and to tell him. This is the responsibility of the leader. So we talked about the responsibility of each person to each other, the responsibility of each person for themselves, and the responsibility of the tzofa, of the leader, towards all the people. This is verse 10. And you, human being, again, God is addressing Yechazkel the prophet. And Morel Beis Yisrael, I want you to say to the people of Israel as it follows, Is it true that this is what you've been saying? That our sins and our transgressions are upon us. We have so many sins. We are so um, full of, 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 of transgressions. And because of them, we are sick in our hearts. We, are, feel, we feel terrible on the inside. How could we live? I want you to say to them, don't sit and cry over how bad you feel about the sins. That's not the issue. And Moralehem, I want you to answer them. This is verse 11. Chai oni, God swears, no Madonai Elohim, so says the Lord God. Im rasha, do you think I want that an evil person should die? I don't want to destroy people. I don't want to destroy the evil people. Ki im rasha I want that the evil person should change his ways and then therefore live. So don't cry just and say, how can we live? It's good to say that we realize that we have sins and we feel terrible about them. But don't ask the question, or if you do ask the question, this is the answer. 
Shuvu, shuvu midachechem haraim. Change your ways, change from your bad ways. Why should the people of Israel die? That's not my goal, that's not what I want. God says, what I want is for you to change your ways. And that is the answer to your question. The fact that you have all these sins, that doesn't mean you're going to die. People sometimes feel that the situation is so bad, they cannot save themselves. God is telling you, and he's going to emphasize this in the next few verses some more, that no matter how bad, no matter how far down you were, you can always come back. Verse 12, Yatov and Adam and you, human being, Yechezkel, I want you to say, Amor, I want you to say as follows, El Bnei Amcha, to the people of your nation. Just as, if you look at your whole past, you could have been, have all these righteous credits to your past. Or you could also have had all these evil bad things in your past. That's not what's relevant, God is saying. What's relevant is the present, is how you act now. And this is how he's going to say it in God's own words. The righteousness of the righteous man will not save him when he all of a sudden goes and starts to sin and go down the wrong path. He may have led a life which was perfect until now, but if now he's going down the wrong path and doing the wrong thing, his past will not save him. And the evil of the evil person will not trip him up, will not make him stumble in the day that he turns around from his evil path and he goes ahead and chooses to take a much better path. And a tzaddik, a righteous person, will not survive, will not be able to live on his past credits on the day that he decides to become a sinner. So the bottom line is, is God always looks at our present. He's telling us now, He looks at you the way you are right now. Not the way you were yesterday. You can have the nicest and greatest resume that shows all the wonderful things you've done. But if right now you're guilty of doing what you're doing, you're guilty. And if, right, same thing. If you have a life of all kind of a whole rap sheet of all the bad stuff you've done in the past, but today you're with God and you're doing the right thing and you are, are trying your best to do good, God looks at you as good. This is verse 13. When I say to a tzaddik, to a righteous person, that he shall definitely live, and then therefore he says, Oh, I'm doing fine. Everything is cool. Um, I have faith in my tzidkos, in my greatness. I no, no longer need to work on myself. And then he goes and does evil. This is the key thing. When you have bitachon al tzidkoso, and you look at yourself and you sit back and you say, Ah, don't worry. Look at all the great things I've done. I'm such a great guy. Immediately, once that arrogance gets to your heart, well, the result is going to be asa avel that you will do something wrong, and then God says, "Kol tzidkotzav lo I'm not going to remember all that good stuff you did. Don't come to me and saying, "But look at what I did. I gave this stuck. I did this great thing. I did this wonderful deed." It's not going to help you, because you had that arrogance and you thought to yourself, "Oh, I got enough credits in the bank. I don't have to be good anymore." Uvavlo asher yamus, and because now you're sinning, because now you're being arrogant, you will die because of that. The same thing goes the other way around in verse 14. And when I come to an evil person and I say, Die, you are going to surely die because you are so evil. And then, He recognizes in his heart that he was bad and he changes his ways from his sinning ways. 
and he does what? Mishpat utidaka, the bottom line, which we've seen in every single one of the prophets. The bottom line, what does God want? Is mishpat, justice, utidaka, and righteousness. And he does what is just and right. And what does that mean, verse 15? It always looks immediately towards interpersonal actions. Chavol yashiv. He goes and he returns back the, the pledges that he made. He made promises to people. He took things from people and didn't keep his promises. He kept them. He stole. He goes and gives them back. He fulfills his promises. Rashag is a shalem. And then the evil person, the things that he took from others that he shouldn't have, he goes and he pays it back. And then he went and did the ways of life, the laws which lead to life, the laws which lead to life with others. And he goes in that path, and he stops doing his, 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 his uh, corrupt and, and cheating ways. He will live and he will not die. That's the bottom line. How do you change? So you do you do what is just, what is right. You return what is stolen. You fulfill your promises. You keep your word and you live. Verse 16, If you do that, then all of the sins you've done in the past, I'm going to forget about them. I will not remember them. We find throughout the words of the rabbi so many times that we see that once a person does teshuva, God does, does not consider those past sins to be sins anymore. Because what? Mishpat uchdaka. Again, the same thing, the same emphasis. He has done what is just and what is right. Asa, that's what he's done. Chayo therefore live, he shall surely live. But however, what God says to the Yechazka, but what are the people of your nation saying? What are your people? What are your B'nai Yisrael? What are they saying? Actually, they're saying God's way. It's not fair. It's not fair. We see so many people dying. We see so many, so much suffering. They're complaining and complaining. But that's not true, God says. I am fair. They are the ones that are not proper. They are the ones that are not living proper. When a person, they might have, what are they thinking? What are the people complaining? And we've seen this in the other thing, other, the other, in many other verses from the prophets we've studied together. The people are complaining. Look, we have the Beit Hamikdash. We, we we're davening. We're praying. We're bringing karbanot. You know, bringing sacrifices. We're doing all of these mitzvot. We're doing all of these good things. We're, uh, you know, and look at our ancestors. Did this good thing? Did that good thing? How could it be that you're killing us now? However, the also Avel, right? You, yes, you do have some credits in the bank from before. But right now you're doing Avel. You're doing um, a dishonesty between each other. You're not acting like tzaddikim who mates behind. Therefore, you're going to die because of the way you are right now. However, when an evil person does changes from evil ways, even if in the past you had tons and tons of bad things, and you've done mishpatut again, a third time in emphasis, what is just and what is right, then alehem, because of that, because of those good deeds, hu he shall live. And here, God, the Badavka speaks specifically, chooses to speak in a singular language, who he, in other words, each and every one of you is responsible for what each and every one of you does, v'amartem, and you should say, Lo that God's ways are not good. No. I am going to judge each person according to his ways. That's how I'm going to judge all of you, house of Israel. There are obvious questions that come from this in which this justice seems to be so simple. It seems to be so easy. It seems that you know, you're good, you get 
good. You're bad, you get bad, which is a, a, a very fair sounding way. And God is swearing, is God is swearing to us that this is the way he's going to deal with us. But sometimes we don't see it. That is not the discussion that Yechazkel Ezekiel is having in this chapter here, although we will and have many times addressed that question. But it is the obvious question here. But God is telling us, don't ask such questions. Now, not so much that you can't ask it. He says, don't think that I'm not fair. Don't say, lo just because you don't understand it, don't say, my ways are not proper. My ways are proper. Your ways are not proper. You do your responsibility, fix yourself, and I'll worry about my side. That's the message that God gives us in this, chapter, in this first half of Ezekiel 33. Thank you so much. Looking forward to doing chapter uh, 33b and completing the chapter of 33 together next time.